There's a superstar who potentially wants out of a small market, and it's not Zion Williamson. Could the Pelicans swing a trade for Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz? And do they even want to? Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday and I'm excited for today's show. Fun trade talk, a little bit of a break from the draft, but this involves the number eight pick. And that's why it's relevant to today. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team and the NBA as a whole and tying it back to the New Orleans Pelicans. Because there's some changes going on at the Utah Jazz. Does that mean a guy is unsettled? And do the Pelicans have enough ammunition to swing a trade? And do they even want to? Are they happy with the team that they have? And today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Arcade 1UP. Bring home a slam dunk introducing NBA Jam Shack Edition from Arcade 1UP. Pre-order now to play with legends. Arcade 1UP is the place for authentic gaming experiences featuring licensed retro games from the golden age of arcades. So Donovan Mitchell reportedly wants out. And he's still under contract, right? He can't really do anything. But this does seem like it it checks out. This really does seem like it checks out. He's on. He's got a contract that runs for four more years after next, uh, including next season. The final year is a t- uh, player option, so it's really three more years. But when you look at some of the changes going on with the Utah Jazz, they've been a really good team the past number of years. But it basically kind of fallen flat in the playoffs every single time, whether it's blowing series leads, whether it's just not advancing nearly as far as they should, whether it's some internal drama between Rudy Gobert and maybe Donovan Mitchell, Quinn Snyder, their head coach, who's been excellent for them, finally just stepped down slash was kind of fired. I don't really know. Parting of the ways where it's just been enough time. You need to get something different in there. All of that seems like the Utah Jazz are primed for a shakeup. And they probably need to, right? When you look at this team, do you see this as a team that's winning a title? Maybe not. Probably not. Otherwise, I think we would have seen them go farther than they have already. So they need to do something. And certainly they're going to try and look to move Rudy Gobert first. But the problem with that is Rudy Gobert... Is it really movable, in my opinion, right? An elite rim-protecting center, but at $40-plus million per season, with some maybe personality issues there in the locker room, how much can you really do? And our team's going to want to take that on. I think they like him at maybe $25 million, but at 45 when you're giving that much of your salary cap to Rudy Gobert, who kind of falters in the playoffs, can be game-planned around. We've seen that time and time again. I think that could be a problem for most teams. So if they're intent on really mixing it up with their roster, shaking it up with their roster and making a big change and not just tinkering around the margins, it leaves 
Donovan Mitchell's kind of the option, and that's extreme. But what if he, if you know he's going to want out and you can get out ahead of that? Doesn't that seem to be the right play? Don't wait for him to become disgruntled and be like, no, 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 I want out. And then you start losing leverage by the day and trade value by the day. And look, it seems like he just doesn't like living in Utah. And I, you know, understand that to a certain degree. But when you, he feels out of place there, right? Like, I think that's fair to say. And there's been a lot of rumors about this for a while. And this isn't anything that the Jazz did wrong, right? They've built a good team. They've handled things well. They haven't started being cheap like we thought they would have this season. It just seems like he doesn't like being there and don't want to play in that city. So if you know he's going to want out, maybe you should move him ahead of that and try and get out of it and preempt it to a certain degree. So could the Pelicans swing a trade? Yeah, I think you can do a deal... And I tried to come up with trades that would not include any of like the untouchables, the big names for New Orleans. So no CJ McCollum, no Brandon Ingram, no Zion Williamson. Those are probably the three names that's like, uh-uh, can't touch, right? The eighth pick, Larry Nance Jr. and Devontae Graham works salary-wise for the Pelicans, though it would have to be a sign-and-trade with Larry Nance Jr. So you could do that. And the salaries work. And then it's as many first-round picks as you need to get a deal done. And it's kind of that simple, right? You probably, though, realistically need to add more to that trade. You need to include one of Trey Murphy or Herb Jones. So the deal is around a young guy that could be a superstar. Say Shaden Sharp falls to eight, right? Can you get this deal done on draft night when it's like, oh, that's a guy that could have been in the top five. Maybe you move him now when it's like, we didn't expect him to be there before. Sorry, it's not a sign and trade for Larry Nance Jr. He's under contract next season, and I knew that. So you you have it around that centerpiece for a guy that they really like. A future, like kind of blue chip prospect in Shaden Sharp. A quality role player in Larry Nance Jr. Another shooter, maybe, maybe. <laughs> In Devontae Graham, but it's guard. You're sending out a guard. That's good. And then one of, you know, an exciting young prospect in Trey Murphy that can be a 3 and D guy or a lockdown defender in Herb Jones. And while I wouldn't love trading either of those two guys, I'd rather probably trade Trey than Herb right now. I still think I would probably do that for Donovan Mitchell, right? Who's going to be just 26 next season. And the past two years is basically averaged 26 points per game over that. Does it on incredible efficiency is an aggressive player has over 40, multiple 40 plus games in the playoffs. When you add him to this roster, how good could they be? How scary could they be? And how elite does that make you? And there's a lot of reasons why that fit works, which we'll talk about in the next segment. So, you know, I think you could do it, but you're going to have to really use picks to kind of make up that difference in players. There are other teams that could give them better young guys that have shown talent or more of them than what New Orleans has, right? That have higher upside, all of those things. And I think it probably would take a little bit of a a luck in the in the draft with a guy like Shaden Sharp, Jaden Ivey, or someone like that, Keegan Murray maybe, dropping to eight when you're like, oh, that's a can't-miss guy. We've got to get him. And all of a sudden, that trade looks a whole lot better when it's that player over someone else that you could include in the deal. So this isn't something that wouldn't get done probably until 
draft night when it really comes to it. But the Pelicans have the right kind of salary mixes and enough first round picks. That Lakers pick next year looks even more appealing. All of that stuff looks even more appealing for the team to try and get a deal done. So there's a chance, outside chance. So let's talk about Donovan Mitchell and his fit on the team. But then, do the Pelicans even want to do this trade? Notice they're trying to make it work without C.J. McCollum. You could make this deal work really easily, really easily, and probably somewhat appealing, very appealing, if you included C.J. McCollum in the trade. But notice I didn't do that. Let's talk about it coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Arcade One Up. Boom shakalaka. You know that, right? NBA Jam. We got big news. The one and only NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they made it bigger than ever before with, wait for it, a Shaq Edition machine. I got so much nostalgia around NBA Jam. Whenever I see it at, you know, one of those barcades, something like that, I'm throwing some quarters in and I am absolutely playing. It's one of the first sports games to ever feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, and now no quarters required to play. So you can compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. So you can pre-order now from Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade, the number one, up. Dot com For an estimated early September ship date, Arcade 1UP is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $3.99. So go check this out. They're also giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked-on listener. You heard me right. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your home at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter and win an NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss out today. What team are you going to play with? All right, and thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast Monday through Friday. Did I say free? No paywall, anything like that. Draft prospects, we've been covering a lot of that. They're bringing those guys in for workouts. Got shows on every single one of the big names that they've brought in so far. We're also going to look at two more tomorrow. Intari Eason and Malachi Branham. I want to look at both of those guys. I've actually got the whole like next two weeks of shows planned out already. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun here. So Make sure you're subscribed. And of course, we're going to be doing a live show Thursday, 6, uh, 6 p.m. Central, like we did last week. That's going to be the plan going forward. And that'll kind of sub in as the Friday show. And then trade targets on Thursday with the eighth pick, other than Donovan Mitchell, maybe more realistic trade targets. But we are talking about Donovan Mitchell today. And I do think he fits well on this team. I think he kind of is the type of player that fits well on any team, right? There's been periods where he's played point guard. Really running that team for the Utah Jazz is kind of the initiator. All of those sorts of things. So he'd fit in well. And while I don't think the Pelicans need a true point guard a la Chris Paul or someone along those lines, adding another guard that you feel more comfortable with doing some of the primary ball handling and creation for others, which Donovan Mitchell can definitely do, being such a scoring threat, works. And then at a certain point, you could have... Donovan Mitchell, C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and then Valanciunas or Herb Jones out there. It's a lot of creation, right? You have like four secondary to three-quarter ball handlers out there. And I kind of like that. And this is a guy who can get it done in the postseason scoring-wise. Doesn't have people who can step up with him. Certainly, Rudy Gobert is not a postseason player. But 
he can go out and flat out score. And you saw the Pelicans struggle a little bit. CJ struggled against the Suns. So did Brandon Ingram at times, despite having a very good series stat-wise and with a busted finger, as we talked about. But you had Donovan Mitchell, one of the elite kind of bucket getters in the league, to this roster with Zion coming back too. I got no idea how you defend that. None. None. Now, you could maybe argue there's too many mouths to feed there. There's only one ball. But I think you can all live with it, and it would be absolutely fine. And this would take some of the pressure off C.J. McCollum for being kind of the primary initiator, the primary ball handler for the team, a role he's never really done till he came to New Orleans. So this allows him to kind of fill his more natural role, maybe be a little bit more comfortable, not throw too much at him, put too much on him all at once. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I think all of this really makes a lot of sense for the Pelicans. And they have the draft capital to do it. And some intriguing young players that you could move in a deal along with this eighth pick. And that's why this eighth pick is so big for New Orleans. They shouldn't be in this position, yet here they are. Thank you, Lakers. So it's a good spot to be in for New Orleans. And if they really want to make a splash, you know, I've talked about it. We'll, you know, we'll talk about it more on Thursday where if you trade the eighth pick, I want something big for it. Not just like, okay, that's a good player. I want like big. Donovan Mitchell is that. And he's probably one of the few that could be attainable right now that's on kind of the right side of 30. Bradley Beal, I'm, I'm starting to cool off on that just a little bit. But you get me guys going to be 26 next year? And, you know, is starting to enter his prime? You'd sign me up for that. You'd absolutely sign me up for that. Let me know down below. Do you think they should trade for Donovan Mitchell? Yes or no? Y or N? You could throw that there in the comments. But notice, as I said in the last segment, that I didn't include CJ McCollum in any trade. Basically, you do that. The trade's a slam dunk to make salary work. But why not? And this is where I wonder if the Pelicans even want to go this route. They really like the team. I bet you really like the team. I really like the team. Certainly the front office does, the coaching staff does, the players do. C.J. McCollum has had an amazing influence on this roster with his professionalism and like maturity and just like dude who gets it kind of stuff, right? Secretly kind of like got Zion back into the fold, it seems like, by calling him out, whether that was intentional or not. I don't know I can ship that dude out. We already owe him a lot, don't we? It feels like it even though he's played like a quarter of the season of one season here. It feels like he's had such a monumental impact. Do you want to risk that? Is the culture established enough? Or do you still need a guy like CJ McCollum? There's no right or wrong answer to that question. But do you want to really mix it up? Look at how much they love Larry Nance Jr. You're willing to send him out? Even for Devontae Graham, right? Didn't play particularly great last season, but he's a good locker room guy. And we all love Trey Murphy and Herb Jones. Can you really see yourself being like, cool, I'm glad they're gone? Maybe to some degree. Or is it better just to draft the young guy that's not making 30 plus million dollars at eight and hope he turns into a Donovan Mitchell or a player of that caliber, maybe with just a different skill set? And again, you want to be sustainable, right? Is it really trading for a dude making a lot of money? Could be, could be not. And so that's where I wonder if New Orleans is looking at this and going, we finally have some stability. We can just chill. 
can calm down and let's add Zion into the fold and let's just go from there. Do we need to make wholesale changes again? And when you look around the league, you're not seeing big threes, big fours anymore. Again, it's kind of shifted to duos, right? Two really good players and a bunch of perfectly complementary players to their style. We kind of have that in Brandon Ingram and in theory, Zion Williamson with CJ being that, you know, non-all-star that's still really good that fits perfectly with those guys, with the rest of this team. And I think we tend to overrate our own players. I think everyone, every team in the league and every fan does that of whatever team it is that they follow. And I'd be fine losing Larry Nance Jr. and Devontae Graham. I'd feel less fine about, probably might not feel fine about Herb Jones or Trey Murphy. So, for the right combination, guys, I would do it. But at a certain point, if it's like, yeah, we, we need CJ in there, I'm not so sure I want to do that. Because I like his influence in the locker room and want to see this team continue to grow because they're so damn easy to root for. So for those reasons, I kind of feel like, eh, let's hold off on this Donovan Mitchell thing just yet. Though it does help that he's under contract for a long time and he won't be able to force his way out should he want to. And maybe he does. Maybe he does want to be in a big market, right? He's got New York ties, I think. And so you could see that being the case. Um, Went to high school in New Hampshire. I don't know enough about his background. Born in New York. There we go. So like, I see the reason why you go for a name like that and a player of his caliber. But at the same time, we've talked about it a lot, right? The Pelicans are in a very unique situation. And how much do you want to mess with that? So does that change your opinion? of wanting to trade yes or no for Donovan Mitchell. Let me know in the comments down below. All right, we're going to go into the mock draft, the community mock draft next here. We're going to go into the Pelicans pick and run through a couple of the other ones. We're going to be a slight bit longer today in today's show. Um, and then we'll wrap up the community mock draft tomorrow when we're also talking about Tari Eason and Malachi Branham. That's coming up here next. Got the Pels pick coming up in the Locked On Pelicans community mock draft here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. This is what I use when I work on my cars, and I work on them a lot because one's really old and broken. And I order my parts from rockauto.com because it's cheaper than anywhere else, and I know they're going to fit. So I get the best price and what I exactly want for my car. I just ordered a new steering wheel for the Corvette because the old one's gross and, like, degrading. And I want a Rock Auto that looks perfect, perfect, it's going to go right on in. Oh, I can't wait to drive it. Cheaper than anyone else. This thing's like 200 bucks if you want a nice one. I got it for 109 on rockauto.com. So don't choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Go to rockauto.com because the prices are reliably low for every single customer. Everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets, steering wheels, radiators. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Leave a comment down below on YouTube if you want to support the show, the number one thing you can do. But also, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, tell a friend about the show, and leave a five-star review with a comment. Now go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. They're breaking down everything NBA draft. Rafael Barlow spent months, lived in Europe, scouting players just for this show. So go give it a listen. Get caught up on everything you need when it comes to the NBA draft. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We are talking about the Pel Lockdown Pelicans community mock draft. We had people making picks. We went through the first seven yesterday. 
And now we get to the Pelicans pick at eight. And I actually had a specific person in mind for this pick, and I asked her to do it, and she killed it, to be honest. It's um, Fuller in here. She's at Nola underscore YF. I, I started following her because I heard her in Chris Connor's spaces. She just had some really good insight, and I clicked that follow button really quickly, and I've seen some of her draft coverage, and it's awesome. She's, she's really good. So when I was doing this, and it, like a bunch of people wanted the Pelicans, I actually wanted her to do it, and I asked her, and I'm really glad that she agreed to do it. So at eight, the or the, yeah, at eight, the New Orleans Pelicans take Dyson Daniels out of the G League, and here's what she had to say: He's a six-seven combo guard with a six-ten wingspan that adds sides, defense, playmaking, IQ, and depth to the Pelicans' backcourt. Playing on and off ball, you see the ability to initiate the offense, advance the ball, operate as a pick-and-roll scorer and passer. He's really good at running the pick-and-roll. As a slasher, he can cut, he can drive, he can kick, put pressure on the rim, and get out in transition. Really good defender that uses his quick feet and instincts. The shooting is the biggest concern, but he put on a display in his combine workout. The combination of size, feel of the game, and versatility to guard and defend multiple positions. It aligns with the archetype of player they want to put around Brandon Ingram, Zion, and CJ McCollum. Uh, This guy I'm really high on. In one mock draft that I just did, I had the Pelicans taking Dyson Daniels. I'm kind of torn between him and the player I ended up picking. In our Locked On mock draft, I got to record that, by the way, after this. Um, so I love this pick. I think it makes a ton of sense. This is one of the first big names they brought in to work out. Clearly, they like him a lot. He's got a ton of upside by, you know, still willing to help out right now or could help out right now, particularly with the second unit. The size is intoxicating. There's a lot to like about Dyson Daniels. All right. After that, we got the Spurs and they take, and this was done by second line Dom. Uh, he had three picks in this, so I put him to work. San Antonio Spurs at nine, taking Mark Williams out of Duke, the center, who I agree that he has him over Jalen Duren. It says the Spurs have a lead guard in Murray and a couple of wings. You've got Mark Williams coming in as Jakob Pertles in the last year of his deal to solidify the middle and set a tone on defense going forward. Dude's wingspan is insane. Makes him, that's what, that's the main reason. I think he can develop a little bit more versatility than Duren can, which is what we talked about in last week's show. At 10, the Washington Wizards take Benedict Matherin. This was done by the at Pelsmuse account. And they said, Benedict Matherin, simply because the value is too good, even with a long jam, a log jam on the wings with the Wizards, it's too much to pass on Matherin's combo of floor and upside at this spot. They can send out one of the veteran wings they have for another point guard. I think this is his spot. Again, I'm I, I'm less high on him than a couple of other guys that I am on Daniels and, and some of the other ones that we've talked about. But I'll be fine if they end up drafting Benedict Matherin. But I, th- I think he's somewhere in that like 10 to 14 range. He's probably where I would really, really put him. At 11, the New York Knicks take A.J. Griffin out of Duke. This is done by Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Runs a bunch of podcasts. I took Dyson Daniels in his mock draft. Big Nick fan. He says he loves that A.J. Griffin can spread the floor with his three-point shot. He can improve defensively, but he feels he is the NBA body and a high IQ to become a good defender, plus a high motor too, right? He seems to have a high floor where he'll be worst at, so he's a solid 3 and D type for a contending team. Now, Josh, I don't know if the Knicks are a contending team, but you know what? They're getting more shooting if you like that guy. I think opinions are kind of mixed on him, but you know, if you feel he can improve defensively, he's a guy that can be a very good 3 and D score for you. At 12, this is Dalton underscore Tingle who's taken over the 
Oklahoma City Thunder. Jalen Duren, center out of Memphis. And he says it's a mobile rim-running big that can shore up the front court for the present and the future. Is an NBA body and bright future if he can develop a postgame. So that is him taking, right now, two centers in the first round, depending on really how you view Chet Holmgren, but very different kind of players there. So we're going to do two more picks. We'll end at the end of the lottery, and then we'll run through the final 15 tomorrow. The Charlotte Hornets at 13 take Johnny Davis, and this comes from at Lou, L-O-U-T-A-S-I, Tassie here. He says, wow, this draft could not have fallen worse for the Hornets who wanted a big man and saw both Jalen Duran and Mark Williams go right ahead of him. The Hornets have to go with Johnny Davis, who seemed to slip a few picks and presents good value for them at 13. A nice piece to develop with Lamelo Ball, who will allow Davis to play off ball more than he did at Wisconsin. Could turn out to be a very nice pick for the Hornets, whose last year's pick, Book Knight, hasn't really shown much yet. And then finally in today's show here, all right, we didn't go too far over. Cleveland Cavaliers take Malachi Branham out of Ohio State, and this comes from at Game Ingram. Malachi Branham, the Cavs could use a big point guard while they shop Colin Sexton. Also, the height of Branham at 6'5 could play well with the size that Cleveland has at a ton of positions there. You know, looking at these top 14, I got... Nothing that really jumps out at me other than kind of Duran and Williams going really high, in my opinion. I'm just not big on drafting centers at this point in time in the top 15, top 20. Depending on like the desperation of a team, like I could see Charlotte doing it. But some of the others, I'm not sure. While I get the Spurs need that, I'm not sure if I want to go with a center at that position for them just yet. But if you like those guys, that's important. And when it comes to Mark Williams, the size and that stuff's just absolutely almost intoxicating with what he can bring to the team. So there you go. We'll have the final 15 picks on that. And then I'll tweet out the whole thing later tomorrow as well for you all to see and include everyone's Twitter handle in there. So I appreciate you all taking the time and having me bug you in your Twitter DMs to make the picks here. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Back tomorrow to talk about Tari Eason, Malachi Branham, and finish off the Locked On Pelicans community mock draft.